0: wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.imturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting And also, feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter, where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 126 public land scouting advice from turkey hunting pros, and I am your host and the guy who has one bird in the freezer and one bird in the fridge in brine, because we are 39 days, zero hours, 21 minutes, and 10 seconds away from the end of turkey hunting season in Alabama. And I'll talk about that bird in the freezer and the bird in the fridge here in just a minute. But, you know, last week I talked about going to a subscription-based show with a free abbreviated episode each week as well. And I asked you guys to let me hear from you with your thoughts about the move. Well, I received very little negative response at all about the move, which is really what I was expecting to hear from you guys. So. We're in the process of making the move to that format. And basically, here's how this is going to work. If you want to listen to the full premium version of the Turkey Hunter podcast, then you will need to download the Podbean app on your device. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N as in Nancy. So you'll want to download the Podbean app on your device And once you get it downloaded, you'll want to search for the turkey hunter. You should be able to subscribe and pay for your subscription right there on the spot in the app. And now you may not need to do that right now as we are in the process of migrating the content over. But if you find that you do need to subscribe in order to listen to the full episode, then you know what to do. Now, if you don't want to pay to listen to the Turkey Hunter podcast, then I've got good news for you. You don't have to. You can still get great content each week for free. Nothing to download and nothing to pay. You'll just get an abbreviated episode that will be approximately half as long as the episode that the premium subscribers get. And you do not have to download the Podbean app. You can continue to use iTunes or... Google Play Music or Stitcher or whatever app you like to listen to your podcasts on. Okay, enough business talk for now. Let's talk turkeys. I had a great opening week of season. With an awesome hunt last Thursday morning and the first bird of the season down After he put on a show, spitting, drumming, and gobbling for about 10 minutes in front of me as he closed the distance from 70 steps to 44 steps, where he dropped and flopped. Then, bird number two fell Wednesday morning after a hunt that just could not have played out any better in my favor, with a double-bearded, long-spurred turkey bird down at 9 Steps. If week two is anything like week one, then somebody's going to have to come help my wife get me down from the ceiling to do next week's show because I'm going to be floating around up there on cloud nine. This was a great week, and I'm looking forward to five more of those weeks coming up. Hey, so Cameron and I have a great show for you guys today, and I'm going to get into the show right now by ending the intro to the intro. Now all of that will make a little more sense to you in just a few seconds because I'm going to get to it and I'll see you guys on the other side. Hey everybody, I have on the line with me tonight Cameron Weddington, the Turkey Hunter podcast intern Cameron Weddington. And Cameron, how are you this evening? I'm doing well. Good. Good. Well, I am... Currently in Florida at the beach. Took the wife on a little trip to the beach before turkey season starts in Alabama. And in our condo, I'm not real sure our internet is all that good. So Cameron may break up a little bit as we go through this. So Cameron, I may have to interrupt you and get you to repeat something if Skype doesn't like what you said and cuts you off. So Okay, well, that sounds fine. All right. So here's what happened today. One of the local sporting goods stores in Birmingham had their annual Turkey Day event. And at the Turkey Day event, they serve lunch and they have some of the turkey hunting pros come in to talk with people, kind of drum up sales, that type of thing. And Also to help people out if they have questions. So Cameron has been interning for me for my mortgage company this spring. And ever since about, I don't know, what, the third week in February, Cameron, you've been (laughs) coming in and you've been asking me questions about some of the public land around Birmingham. And he'll come in with his computer, pop his computer open, And he's got the map of the WMA up on Google Earth, and there are pins stuck all over that map. If that map had as many pins coming out of it as it has going in it, it would look like a porcupine. That's That's pretty accurate. It's pretty accurate. <laughs> and there are lots of notes with those pens as well. If anyone were to steal your computer, if there's a turkey in the spot where every one of those pens are, somebody could really have a good time. Oh,
1: man, I, I wish there was a turkey in every spot where a pen was. Yeah. I would have a good time then.
0: Yeah, no doubt. You know, and I'm I'm not really making fun of Cameron because he's doing what he needs to do, which is using technology to scout before he actually gets boots on the ground. So he'll crack open his computer and pull up Google Earth. There'll be pins everywhere, and he'll say, all right, what do you think about this spot? I found this spot last night. And you can tell the excitement in his voice as he's looking at these spots that he's found. So I say, yeah, you know, that looks like a good spot. You you need to go check that out. Well, when I say you need to go check it out, what I really mean is you need to go look around and learn what is actually on the ground because Google Earth, as we know, is only so accurate, and you can only see so much about Google Earth. When you actually get onto a piece of property, you need to walk around, you need to figure out where the blowdowns are, where the ditches are, where the creeks are, where the roads are, where the food plots are, and on and on and on and on. Those Well, some of those things you can't really see on Google Earth. So Cameron's gone to these spots over the past couple of weeks and he's been listening for turkeys gobbling. And just about every day he's gone out to listen for turkeys gobbling, he's come back with his bottom lip poked out and he's sad because he's not heard any turkeys gobble. So I had to tell him finally one day last week that most of the time turkeys in Alabama. When they are henned up, they do not gobble. They won't gobble on the roost. They won't gobble on the ground. They won't gobble in the air. It doesn't matter what's going on. If they've got hens with them, most of the time, they will not gobble. There's no reason to gobble. They have all the girls they can handle. So Cameron has been steady scouting these pieces of property. Primarily using Google Earth, but he has gotten some shoe leather on the ground and's done some walking around and some driving and looking for tracks and looking for turkeys and that kind of thing. And so he's been pretty frustrated up until this morning. And I'll get him to tell us why he's not as frustrated this morning as he has been in the past over the past couple of weeks. So with Turkey Day coming up and knowing that I was going to be out of town for Turkey Day. I wanted to do some interviews for Turkey Day at the local sporting goods store. And so Cameron and I had originally planned on going to Turkey Day, but then the beach trip came up and it was kind of last minute. So I sent Cameron to Mark's Outdoors, the local sporting goods store, with a microphone. And Cameron, before he went, he said, well, what kind of questions should I ask? And I said, well, what do you want to know? And he said, well, uh, I, I don't really know. I don't know what to ask. And I said, well, every day you come in for the past three weeks, you've been asking me questions about scouting and what I would look for on Google Earth for turkey hunting spots on these pieces of property, on these public land properties that you're looking at. So why don't you write down a few questions that you want to ask the pros and take this microphone and." Go knock yourself out. Ask questions. Record what these guys have to say. And hopefully you'll come away and you will have learned something. So that's what happened this afternoon. Is Cameron took off to Mark's Outdoors with the microphone. Plugged into his smartphone. And he's got some recordings for us. And so Cameron, I want to... First of all, find out, how did everything go today?
1: Yeah, so Mark's Outdoors put on a great turkey day this year, just like they did last year, and there was a lot of people there, and it was a lot of fun. I had a great catfish lunch and everything, and got to you know talk to all these pros, and it, it was fantastic. I don't, I don't think we had any technical difficulties. There were a few interviews that, because of background noise and things like that, might not be the best audio, but... You can definitely hear, and you can get a lot of good information out of what I ask these people if you're looking to hunt public land and specifically scout public land.
0: Good deal. So, I may have been referencing the catfish lunch. Any technical difficulties with that?
1: No, the, the catfish lunch went great. Okay. It was fantastic. You know, I had some catfish, some slaw, dipped it in some hot sauce. Had some cookies for dessert. I mean, can't beat that free lunch can't beat that especially as a college student
0: that's exactly right that's exactly right so in fact you actually got paid to go eat lunch and talk to turkey pros didn't you oh
1: yeah yeah that's true I did get
0: paid so man I really turkey day is awesome we ought to have that once a week (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to rethink our policy here (laughs) yeah Oh, Good deal. All right. So I guess my big question for you is what was this is going to be tough for you. What was your one big takeaway from the conversations that you had with the pros? I'd
1: say the biggest takeaway. I'm probably going to answer this with like five different biggest takeaways. But
0: no, 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 no. You're going to to give me one. Okay, well, I I
1: would say the overall number one biggest takeaway is start scouting early. Actually, I'll rephrase that, scout year-round, especially if you're a deer hunter or anything like that. Anytime you have an interaction with a turkey, you are learning more about his habitat, and so that, that was something that it seemed like was a big Thing that they all stress to me is the, the more you can get in the woods, the better your odds of killing that turkey and finding that turkey you're going to be because you're going to know your woods more and you're going to know your turkeys more. So uh, does, that, does
0: that constitute as a good answer? That is a good answer. That is definitely a good okay. answer. So, you know, I haven't even heard these interviews. And so another question I have for you after listening to you say that is... Did any of these guys mention to you the fact that a turkey's range or territory or habitat changes from season to season, and that where you may see turkeys during deer season, you might not see turkeys there during turkey season in the spring?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I'd say they did, and, you know, these these guys are all from different areas, you know, that, right. that I talked to, so... Whereas in one area, you may be looking for a certain type of habitat, you might not be looking for that in another area. You might be looking for hardwood somewhere, whereas you're looking for tall pines in another, you know what I mean? And, True. but yeah, I mean, I, I think if you do see them in the winter, I mean, you you know, you got turkeys there, but yeah, like, like you, you're saying, you know, you might see them in the hardwoods in the winter and they're, they're eating acorns, obviously, and things like that, but in the spring months, they've moved on past that. and Yeah, they, they did talk about that a little bit in these interviews, but I would say it's just hard, it, it was hard to kind of get like a, you know, what kind of habitat do they move towards in the spring, because that, that's just going to vary across where these people are from.
0: Right. Yep. That makes a lot of sense, because if you hunt an area that has fields, those birds are going to move likely from an agricultural type field that has recently been harvested that has grain on the ground that's an easy meal for a turkey they're going to move to a field that is greening up and has bugs in it and they're going to be looking for some protein for the spring so that they can raise a nest full of youngins and you take that and you compare it with the areas that we hunt in Alabama which is very different from a lot of the area you hunt in Tennessee, even though it's not that far away, you hunt a good many more fields in Tennessee than the areas that you're hunting in Alabama. And so when you come to Alabama and you're hunting, or when you come to Alabama and you're scouting, you're having some difficulty finding turkeys because it all looks the same. It
1: it really all does look the same, the whole state.
0: So how do you choose on a piece of public land that is 100,000 acres how do you choose the 500 acres you want to walk one morning
1: Mhm yeah exactly that was that was my first question I asked each of these individuals was when you start out on 40,000 acres especially in my case it's somewhere I've never been before cuz I I don't deer hunt in Alabama you know I deer hunt back home I only turkey hunt in Alabama how do you just start out scouting on that? And that was that was the main thing I was wanting to get out of them was just where what are you looking for? You know, and I asked them if they use Google Maps and things like that. I got a lot of different answers. You know, some guys said to look for the the rivers or the creeks. You know, others said just cover as many miles as you can walking and look for sign. You know, Preston Pittman, I think he said do you have a bike, we'll ride it around and look for
0: stuff. Yeah, yeah. And just
1: try to cover ground, which. That's probably what's worked for me the most in Alabama so far. The, the little bit of sign I've found you got to cover a ton of ground because, as you said, it, it really does all look the same. And I'm starting to figure out, you know, through trial and error, kind of noticing certain areas seem to be m- more likely to have turkeys than others. And you've given me some great advice on that, too, on the kind of habitat to really key in on in Alabama. And so that, that's been a big help to me.
0: Do you want to share that advice that I gave, or do you want to keep that a secret until turkey season's over in Alabama?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, about May 1st, I'll share exactly what kind of – No, no, I mean, in Alabama, it's – so far I've noticed is – and you're the one that told me this is look for the cutovers that have been cut over the past year, maybe two years – where it's going to be young cutover that's going to have a lot of green coming up in it and it'll be good nesting habitat. And then the other thing is look for large pines, not the short pines. I mean, they might be in the short pines a little bit, but the the big thinned pines that are thin enough where some green can come up underneath there, that, that's where I've seen to be in Alabama. That seems like the key to finding turkeys is cutovers and those, those pines like that.
0: Yeah. So, I can stop the recording now. Do you want to give me some of the GPS coordinates of some of these places that you found? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I, I already talked to you about it and told you, you know, th- this morning, actually, <laughs> I found my first turkey that I've seen in Alabama scouting this year, and I found a group of nine hens and two gobblers, and I told you I would tell you exactly where they were as soon as I moved back to Tennessee next year, so,
0: <laughs>
1: and uh, hopefully after I kill both of them this year, so we'll... We'll see. Hopefully I find them again.
0: I was just about to say that. I'd rather you kill them and then go on home and you can send me the pin on your Google Earth map of where you killed those two birds. Exactly,
1: because those hens will reproduce and there'll be another gobbler in that same area probably next year. So I'll just go ahead and kill those two and then I'll let you know where it is and then you can hunt them forever
0: and I'll be back in Tennessee well, that's good enough, well, but you at least need to come back and hunt with me once or twice a year. You're not, you're not going to oh, be yeah, through with Alabama birds when you go home. Oh, you?
1: no, no, absolutely not. If I find places that have turkeys, I can promise you those two weeks that Alabama has that Tennessee doesn't get at the beginning, I will be back for at least a long weekend to hunt.
0: Yeah, good deal. Good deal. Yeah,
1: yeah it is definitely nice that... Alabama starts so much earlier than Tennessee, you know, I mean, it, it's really nice for me and Tennessee goes later than Alabama. So I get to hunt earlier and later.
0: That's right. Yep. Nothing wrong with that. Well, fantastic. At all. Well, you know, I appreciate you taking the responsibility and the microphone and going and, and catching these pros to pick their brains and sharing that with all of the listeners And I know you got something out of it besides getting a little bit of money to go do that. But you got some knowledge as well. And you got to ask them the questions that you wanted to know the answers to. Mm
1: -hmm. The questions I've been wanting to know and the questions I've been pestering you with every day at work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's tough. I mean, you look at those maps on Google, and it's overwhelming. And so, oh, it is. I get it. You know, most of the private land that you can hunt, it's, you know, if you have a thousand acres of private land to hunt, I can cover that thousand acres. Not by no means can I cover every square inch in a day, but my ears and my feet and my eyes. Can cover that thousand acres in a day, no problem.
1: Yeah, but you put forty thousand acres, you you could hunt every day of the season or scout every day, and you'll you'll you won't ever cover it all.
0: That's exactly right. And so you know when when the turkeys are gobbling, especially early season when you can hear them, I mean almost a mile away. You've just covered six hundred acres with your ears. Yep. You know, six hundred and forty acres. That's one square mile. So. Yep. You know, that that is it's not that hard to cover a thousand acres with your ears in the spring when the turkeys are gobbling. But forty thousand acres and then you have other hunters to contend with who you're jockeying for position to get to those areas before they do, that adds a new element as well. So very yep. good. Well, I'm I'm really excited
1: about hunting public land this year. I've I've never done it before and i hope it turns out to be a good experience i'll probably let the crowds have it on these first couple opening weekends and then i'll i'll probably hunt during the week a lot but you know my one of my goals for this year you know my, my first goal is to kill 9 turkeys cuz i can kill 5 in alabama and 4 in tennessee you know if i if i half succeed that goal i'll be ecstatic like my it. second goal is to kill a bird on public land in alabama before i leave very and good. I would feel very accomplished as a turkey hunter to do that because that is not a small task to do.
0: <laughs> well, will it make you feel any better if I tell you that the first turkey that I ever called in and killed for myself was on public land in Alabama?
1: Yeah, well, that that, makes, that gives me hope. It is possible.
0: Well, all you have to be is lucky. Yeah.
1: yeah that's, that's what I was right. that
0: day, I'll promise you. <laughs> Yeah. It yeah. was it was not skill. I killed that turkey in spite of myself. <laughs> he just was he needed to die that day. <laughs> he knew it. He needed to die that day and I think that God sent that turkey to me so that I would fall in love with the sport and find something to keep me busy in the spring instead of yard work. So, Yeah, exactly. It all worked out. It all worked out. Well, good deal my friend. I appreciate you again for taking time to go and do those interviews even though you got paid and you got a free catfish lunch or actually a paid catfish lunch. Yeah. To go do it and I'm glad you got some knowledge out of it. I appreciate you sharing that with us and let's go get in the woods with shotguns on here. Yeah, our hands absolutely.
1: And I'm, calls I'm ready else. to go when you are and I'm excited about the season and Thank you for paying me to go eat catfish and talk about turkeys, but I will warn the listeners, they're not getting the expertise in the interviewer as they typically get. This is my first time, so take it easy on me. If it's not too good, don't send too many hate emails, and I I hope
0: you get some good information out of it. (laughs) That's Cameron at (laughs) IamTurkeyHunting.com, C-A-M-E-R-O-N at IamTurkeyHunting.com. I doubt you're going to get any hate emails. I'm sure you yeah, did a fine job. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I about.
1: will. I just, just wanted to let them know. So yeah. did my best, and hopefully hopefully everybody can learn at least one thing from it. You know, I definitely learned some, and that's, that's the whole goal, is you pick up something every time from one of these podcasts. So.
0: That's exactly
1: right. I know I do. Yep, I definitely do. Talking to these people, there's no way you couldn't glean some
0: information from them. Yeah. Good deal, buddy. All, All right. right. Well, good luck to you starting out the season. Thank you. Same to you, and we'll talk soon? Yep, absolutely. See you later. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Right, bye. Okay, so first up is Eddie Salter. And listen to the kid. I don't think he does too bad interviewing Eddie.
1: <laughs> everybody i'm here with eddie salter now and i'm going to ask him these questions about public land so eddie when you're going to hunt public land it, it can be 35 45 000 acres how do you start out i mean that's kind of overwhelming so are you looking on google maps or are you getting on the internet are you calling biologists or are you just driving around or walking around all over the place
2: well I, you know i like to say do a little bit of it all you need to really check out where you i, I like to look at waterways uh you know and a lot of it, a lot of it, they timbered it pretty good. But a lot of these SMZs, where you got streams of water, you find a lot of pretty hardwoods. And I like to get up and walk in and out of them creeks. And one thing about them, they real, they, you know, you can walk through the woods real quietly. But I think the more ground you can cover, and, and the deeper you get on back in there, of course, it, a lot of folks, you know, has got the same idea. But really, uh, I, I have not had very good luck working a turkey close to a roadway. And and if he gobbles, I'm just about going to go on and take the time to go way out around him and come back and call to him on the backside of him because he's so used to everybody coming in and calling him that way because of the easy access. And uh, these turkeys, uh, you know, the main thing is I, I've been in them where they wouldn't even answer owl calls or whatever. And I found out, I know it, it's kind of hard to talk about, but I found out if I would gobble to a turkey, I would get them to gobble back. And other than that, I wouldn't. I couldn't get them to gobble without calls. Yeah. But if I gobble to them, they gobble back, and then I'd move in and I'd set up on them and do a lot of light calling. I don't do I don't do a bunch of real aggressive calling and uh, just uh, like to like I would like to say you do once or twice, you call once twice, and basically throw your call away. So it about ten yards where you can't get get it no more, and you'll probably kill more turkeys.
1: Really? Okay. Well, my other question is so a lot of people have told me what they do to hunt public land around here and about half the people I talked to said they drive around, they get up on top of a ridge they hoot out, yep. if they hear him gobble they go to him, if they don't hear anything they go a quarter of a mile and do it again well see, but you know, my experience is
2: the turkeys are so used to that they won't answer that hoot out yeah. so so you, you might need to I think try that to start with and then if that don't work, then go to some type of, like a gobble tube or some kind of, something that sounds like a gobble, and you'll be surprised that uh, on public the ground how they respond because a lot of guys are scared to use that now i'm not saying walking through the woods and constantly gobble going through the woods because you are taking your life in your hands there but you know but if if you can't hear him gobble you can't kill him and uh, you know and then the thing that i think about is when a turkey gobbles he uh he, he, and you've got the confidence you know it's a turkey there and you can sit there and, and be a lot more patient on public ground i think is your key factor in being successful.
1: Yeah, well, that was actually my next question. What's your number one piece of advice for somebody who's never hunted public land before and is about to start hunting? Now? Don't call too much. Don't call too and much. I would get, I would get, a,
2: you know, mainly a slate call or something that I could really could really call real soft on. And, uh, you know, and don't be aggressive. Don't be real aggressive. And uh, I think you might find out that might work to your favor. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Eddie. All right, man. Thank you.
0: One thing that stood out to me in that interview is when Eddie said that when he gets a turkey gobbling, that he likes to come in from around the other side of that turkey from where most people would approach that bird. And I'm going to tell you that there have been so many times when I have killed a bird by coming in from a different direction and calling from a different direction than what that turkey hears all the time. That strategy works on public land, but it also works very well on private land. So that's a little tidbit to hang on to right there. Okay, next up, Cameron interviews Harold Knight, and I'm going to tell you that Harold is speaking a little soft in this interview, and there is so much crowd noise that he's very hard to hear. So this may be the interview that you want to come back and listen to when there's less noise around you. For example, if you're in your car and you've got road noise, it may be very difficult to hear Harold. So he's passing along some great information, and I want you to hear it. It's just a little hard to hear Harold in this interview. So come back and listen to it when it's a little bit quieter around you if you can't hear him real well the first time.
1: Hey guys, I'm here with Harold Knight, and I'm about to ask him the questions about public land hunting. So, Harold, when you're starting to hunt these public lands, here in Alabama most of them are about 30,000 acres, and that can be pretty overwhelming. So in order to begin hunting on this public land, or scouting, I mean, would you start out on Google Maps, or are you going to start out by driving the property, or are you going to start out by burning a lot of boot leather and walking around the property? I'll probably drive and, and get
3: a good feel of where things at. The food sources, of field, and fields, the big woods, and water turkeys like to be around rivers or creeks and things like that, that's what I do. I find out what the terrain I've got there and then I was going there and maybe do some walking and stuff. Yeah. And then the most of I think the best thing to do is go listen. When you hear one gobble, you know he's there. Yeah. And of course, you can see some turkeys sign. Now, they do move from different parts of the year, you know, the, uh, uh fall versus spring, a lot of time they'll move. But, you can find them, and when uh, and, uh, and you hear them, that's the best sign I know you need.
1: And a pretty good feeling, too. <laughs>
3: Absolutely. And another thing, too, if you have the opportunity to hunt a place a year before and you see a lot of young juvenile you turkeys, you know, jakes, young goblins, that's usually a good place to go back the next year and get your two-year-old goblins there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the
1: community. Okay, well, my second question is, so I've talked to a lot of people around here, and I get about a 50-50 response to this question, is, you know, when you're actually hunting the property, regardless of scouting or whatever, when you are hunting it, are you going to drive around, park on top of a ridge, hoot owl, if he gobbles, you go there, if he doesn't gobble, you go to the next ridge over and do it again, or are you trying to get as far away from the people doing that as possible and get away from those roads?
3: All right, now let me tell you a good uh, scenario over that. I live in Kentucky. about have there between the lakes which is 185,000 acres of perfect hunting. It encompasses Kentucky and the post of Tennessee. And what I do is so big and vast, I get in a, my truck and I drive to different uh, locations and I'll get out and i cut and call. And these turkeys can hear forever you know, off those hills and ridges. And uh, if I get turkeys to answer me I try to figure out where he's at and then I uh, try to pursue him. Or close to call and and I do, that's the way I do, coach much more territory doing that. I feel like that I'm. You know, I feel like the running gun on that truck.
1: Yeah. And, uh, so you're actually using hen cuts and yelps to, to get that turkey to answer you. You're not doing a crow
3: call. Yeah, well, I will uh, use a owl a lot of times early in the morning. I will use a crow a lot of times up in the day. Yeah. Anything to make him get his location away. That's it. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and I talked to a lot of hunters at the real work camping and, and where they're up there <laughs> and they uh, And I have well, like to go back
1: it, there and try to. Yeah, <laughs> you don't get much information out of a lot of people, but sometimes
3: yeah. you can, I guess. And you know, <laughs> a turkey hunter a lie to you, I can tell you that. You know, They'll lie to you about who a turkey is, so you got to take that in consideration.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, my last question is a pretty simple one, but it could have a bunch of answers. What's your number one piece of advice for somebody turkey hunting on public land, especially like myself. I have never in my life hunted public land until this year.
3: Well, it's different. you got to take that into consideration. You are have a lot of people you're going to run into you're going to get discouraged if you don't watch it. Don't let that happen to you. Don't get down and say there's too many people here. Another thing to do is learn to hunt different kinds of day. I, I, I hunt turkey a lot of times in the middle of the day. The has left the woods a lot of time and those turkeys left their hand them at a certain time of the year, you know, up in the mid-morning and noon. They sent me a huh? lonesome, and they hear a call, they're going to drop no, and answer me. No. I kill most of my turkeys up in the day in the first place Really? About what, what time
1: would you say? You did? 10,
3: 10, 11 o'clock is huh? the wait time. Okay. And uh, most of the time you can't hear as good that time of day because the wind is up just Okay,
1: well, thank you so much, Harold. I really appreciate it. Good luck to you this year. Thank you.
0: I wonder if that dude blowing the gobble tube knows that he's driving everyone around him so crazy that they want to get away from him instead of come talk to him about buying one of those calls. Goodness gracious, alive. Okay, so if you were able to hang in through that interview with Harold with all of that background noise going on, you got some great tips. My two big takeaways from that little interview were first, not to get discouraged, and second, hunt different times of the day. Don't be afraid to go out mid-morning and hunt mid-morning until early afternoon if that's allowed by the laws. That was some really great info in that interview. Next up is Jimmy Primos.
1: Hey, guys, I'm here with Jimmy Primos now, and I'm going to ask him the same three questions. So, Jimmy, when you're looking at hunting public land, so, for instance, here in Alabama, these tracts of public land are huge. They're 35 45,000 acres. Are you going to scout by looking at Google Maps, or are you going to start out by going to the property and driving around, or are you going to get out and, you know, walk your boots off, or, you know, how are you starting out? Because it's kind of overwhelming to start out on 45,000 Acre. It is uh, well, I try and talk to
4: people in the area. Of course, turkey hunters are not the most vocal about sharing their secrets. But yeah, maps are a good way to do. It. I try to find a place with uh, some good roads that I can walk and uh, and just be able to move around a lot. Try and look for tracks and and uh, you know uh, dusting areas and, and things like that. Bugs. I like to, I like to find the place the little fields that have a lot of grasshoppers in them. Grasshoppers is a turkey's favorite food, mm-hmm. and uh, in springtime, a lot of time you catch them, grasshoppers start hatching out, and man, them yeah. turkeys perfectly far away. Really? Yeah. So look for grasshoppers. Yeah. Look for grasshoppers. Uh, okay. Well, now, that's then. a secret. Yeah, you can't... Uh, so you're not for... hunting turkeys in the scouting no, process. You're, you're hunting, hunting grasshoppers. Tur- what turkeys eat. Yeah. a lot of those public lands don't have yeah. food plots. You know, it's natural food. So yeah. you yeah. got to find out, you know, just like you yeah. hunt for yeah. deer, find the food sources music
1: Yeah. Okay, so my second question is, I've talked to a lot of people around here about hunting publicly, and I've gotten about a half-and-half half response on how to actually hunt it. Half the people I've talked to tell me to drive up, get on top of a big hill, get out of my truck, hoot owl. If I don't hear anything, drive another quarter of a mile and do it again. The other half say to find you an area where there's not any roads so you can avoid all the people driving around hoot owl and get as far away from the roads as possible. What do you think is the best way to... To hunt public land, public land, get, getting
4: away from where other people are—that's the main thing. Turkey, uh, turkey reacts more to pressure, hunting pressure, than anything else. And a turkey knows when you're you're in a turkey's woods. It's like somebody being in your house. You know
1: that they. So I try and get as far away from where people are as I can. Yeah. Does that? Do you try to get further away as the season progresses and they've been pressured more? Well. It, it, it just depends. You know, no two places
4: are the same. Some places get a lot of pressure early in the season, and then people go on to fishing and stuff like that. So, uh, and, and turkeys move around a lot, so you just got to be flexible. And uh, you can't – don't don't keep doing the same thing all season long. Yeah. You kind of – the turkeys change. They change their locations. They change what they're doing. They change their be- breeding cycle. Just be flexible. And uh try and figure out you, you you know, it's just you'll know. You'll know. It's time to...
1: Well my last and final question is you could probably answer with ten different things, but my last question is what's your number one piece of advice for somebody beginning to turn down on, on public land? Because I have never public land hunted before until I got into college. Well, if you can find somebody
4: to go with that, that has hunted a place, knowing knowing the woods where you're hunting is probably 90 percent of being successful knowing where you're hunting so if you can't do that just spend a lot of time in the woods learn where you are look for turkey signs and uh and, and a
1: bite okay thank you so much jimmy you're welcome
0: get your walking shoes on and get away from the roads and get away from all the other hunters out there that is my strategy Hunting public land. I don't want to be riding roads and trying to kill a turkey that eight other people have tried to kill that morning. Not that I'm against a tough hunt, not that I'm against a good battle, but if I can walk a mile and a half away from a road through the woods and get to an area that has turkeys that are not harassed multiple times a day. Then you better believe I'm doing that. I've got a pretty good story about a public land bird that used to hang out by one of the roads and I'll share that story with you towards the end of this episode. Next up is the one and only Preston Pittman.
1: Hey everybody, I'm here with Preston Pittman and I'm going to ask him my questions about public land turkey hunting. So, Preston, I have been scouting like crazy and I'm really struggling to find turkeys on the public land around here. And so my first question is, when you first start scouting, so these places are 30, 45,000 acres, how do you start out? Because are you looking at Google Maps or are you driving around or walking around anywhere out there trying to find what you think is good turkey habitat?
5: Well, you see, I'm, I'm real bad about answering the question with a question. You've been scouting real hard, right? Yes, sir. Now, what do you call real hard? How long?
1: Uh, Two or three times a week for the past three weeks. Do you deer hunt? No, not here. Do you turkey hunt? Yes.
5: Do you squirrel hunt?
1: No, not here. Do you here. rabbit hunt? Not here.
5: Okay, that's one of your major problems I'm right from there. I'm Tennessee. So. All right, what you need to do is you, you're, you're too late, turkey season six, and open up, so you're going to have to do what we call the McDonald's way, which is pull up, get it, and go. That being, that means you can spend a lot of time riding and driving, Leave your turkey calls at the house, carry your locator calls with you, look for tracks, look for signs. Uh, you ask me about Google Maps and stuff like that, well I'm old school, I'm 63. I'm a, I'm a hands on foot foots-on, get-out-in-the-woods, and the reason why I was asking the first questions I was asking you is, some of the best times to actually scout for turkeys is during the off-season. Think about uh, squirrel hunting, number one, it's going to make you a better woodsman being able to move through the woods and sneak up on the squirrel, but the whole time you're scouting the area, the territory, you don't have the undergrowth, you don't have the springtime growth, so you can actually see the woods and see the lay of the land. Now when he hangs up, you remember that little creek that you saw that you killed that first big fox squirrel. of and so on and so on and so on so using utilizing 12 months a year to scout your territory you're doing what a lot of people do you're a young man You're not from the old school, (laughs) which is spending a lot of time. Of course, uh, uh, one of my ways whenever I was hunting specifically, you know, public land was, do you have a bicycle? Yes. Do you know how much territory you can cover in a bicycle? A lot more than two legs. That's right. (laughs) Down old logging roads and so on and so forth. So it's really just putting the time in the woods and looking for scratching, looking for tracks, looking for uh, uh, creeks, looking for basically trying to learn the land as much as you can and find out where the birds are at
1: okay.
5: you want number two yes sir all right number two answer to that question is find you a ups guy a rural postman that is going around this territory in this land and if you need to bribe him or her a little bit, bribe him or her, first question you ask them is, "Is are you a turkey hunter? If the answer is yes, go on and find you another one, because a turkey hunter is going to lie to you. Yeah. <laughs> but if they're not, hey, man, as you're running your route every day, where are you seeing turkeys at? Oh, huh, what time? Hey, have they got beards? What's a beard? It's a little piece of hair coming from their chest. What color are their heads? So all these sort of things like that can give you a quick fix, or as I call it, a mcdonald's pipe fix yeah. and then also burning in your memory keep you a set of notes which I'll probably do it with we used to use old pocket cassette recorders mm-hmm. of where you are successful at or where you're finding birds at or go to your google maps and drop pins. i think that what y'all call them yeah and no. drop pins there how about that
1: yes sir absolutely okay so my second question is when you're actually hunting on public land i've i've talked to let's say 20 people and i say half of them have told me to hunt one way and the other half have told me to hunt another way. So the one way that a lot of people say to do on this public land because it's so big is you drive around, get on top of a hill, get out, hoot owl. If you don't hear anything, drive a quarter of a mile and do it again. The other half say get as far away from the roads as possible so you avoid those people and find you a bird way back in there. What, what do you think is the best way to hunt the public?
5: What are you doing here in Alabama? Are you in school? Yes, sir. Okay, so that tells me right there you have limited time. So, that both ways work, okay? Both ways work. Midday, if you have more time, or mid-morning can be extremely good. Because, as I call them, the weekend warriors are going to be out of there by 8 or 9 o'clock. So, if you have found where there is a bird at, by using a locator call, and you notice I'm specifically saying right before season, a locator call.
1: Yeah, not a hen call.
5: Not a hen call. You do not want to educate them anymore because they're fixing to get one heck of an (laughs) education and probably already have. Okay, So both ways work depending on your schedule, but I'm going to give you a formula okay, on how you can locate birds and even tell where they're flying down at without getting off of your little logging roads, dirt roads, gravel roads, whatever it may be. If you have the time or even a couple of two or three weeks before season, you can go in and we're just going to say spot A and he gobbles to an owl hoop. going down the road your quarter mile half a mile try to find another one it's still not bro- uh, broke daylight yet he had not flown down i'll him again okay i got two if he got time get three now we're going to turn right around we're going to come back to point A, or the first bird, and I'm going to use a crow call, peleated woodpecker, whatever it may be, baby haranguotan call, and I'm going to try to get him to gobble the second time on the ground. Yeah. So what did I just tell you? Now Good I know yeah, that's right. what direction that would be the best, most sensible the first time you set up on him, and number two and number three. Take the second day, forget about them, because you only got a short period of time.
1: Go find another one.
5: Go find you two or three more, four or five more, so whatever it may be. Now you at least got a general idea that I need to set up north of this bird because that's the way that whenever he flew down, whenever I heard him gobble, that's where he was at. That's at least a good choice, okay? Walking in the woods and really scouting right now, I don't recommend it that much because most people don't know how to move in the woods. If you do, become an animal. You're in his home, not in yours. Don't carry all your buddies with you. You know, open up that door and go, hey, we're going to go down here. I think it ought to be a good bird down here in this hollow right here. You he don't you screwed up already okay so become a part of mother nature i always preach 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 that
1: absolutely Okay, so my third and final question for you is pretty general. What is your overall number one piece of advice for somebody, especially a beginner, trying to hunt on public land, especially in the south like this?
5: Find you a pebble about the size of a pea. Find the hardest surface that you can find. Set that pebble on it. Then set your rear end on it and don't move for one hour. That is called patience. That's what it is called. And always remember this, less, especially in public ground, less is more. A little explanation, should I yelp loud, should I yelp soft, should I yelp at all? If you've got to question yourself, don't do it. Always play to the safe side, soft calling. That's what that hen is doing all the time. He's going to hear all this machine gun cutting and carrying on and hard yelping and four or five different calls from one spot. Have a little more patience. Sit a lot longer. Be more conservative with your calling. Should I move or should I not move? I'm questioning myself. Don't move. If there's ever a question, go to the conservative side.
1: Okay, so back to the second question really quick, if you go out scouting and you don't hear any gobbles, are you heading home or somebody who's skilled in the woods, you're going out in the woods and you're searching around for tracks and whatnot, or are you just walking down logging roads and things like that looking for tracks?
5: I'm not going to penetrate the woods any more than I have to, unless I know there's a bird there, maybe from my recipe of getting one to gobble, but I know that he's there and I'll slip. You use a lot more patience. Do a little more soft, subtle, cluck, purrs, whines, do it, so on and so forth. But if I'm roaming, there is what we call the cut and run. The cut and run is to take off down a logging road, whatever it may be. Raise can you hear one gobble. Uh, if you close, squat down right there. It works. It works. But now we're talking about public lands what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to be that way. I'm going to ease if I can find a logging road, if I can find a ridge top with an old fire lane on it, you know, something like that. And I'm going to be looking and I'm going to be listening. And I'm also going to be listening for the other animals. Being a crow that starts raising cane. And maybe I remember that the UPS driver told me there was no hidden pasture, no house place up here on top of that ridge. The crows are now sounding off. Now I'm going to slip in and get as close as I feel like I can get and try to work that bird. He might not even gobble, but the crows are telling me. Um, blue jays start raising cane. Um, if you're in the mountains, magpies, whatever it may be, you know, that are squirrel barking. You know, all these different things are telling me. And if I just was easing down that logging road and I saw a big track in the road, and then all of a sudden, you know, 50, 75 yards from me, I hear a squirrel starting to raise cane, or I hear a crow starting to raise cane, and what I'm fixing to do, I'm squatting down right there, and I'm going to work it just as if, even though I don't hear any gobbling, I work it just as if I'm working a gobbling, because the other animals are telling me, but I don't penetrate the woods that much unless I specifically know where the bird is at.
1: Thank you so much, Preston.
0: I like that strategy of running and gunning scouting and then circling back around and coming back to those birds that you've located on the roost and letting them tell you where they're going during the day that is pretty good stuff all right next up chris parrish hey
1: everybody i'm now here with chris parrish and i'm going to ask him the same questions i just asked preston so chris I've been scouting a lot, and I'm not really having much luck finding birds on this public land around here. These places are 45,000 acres. Where would you start scouting somewhere like that? On Google Maps, or are you driving around and walking around, actually physically on the property? Or are you looking online for resources? Are you calling biologists? You know, what are you doing to start out? Because it's kind of hard. It's kind of overwhelming to start out on 45,000 acres.
6: Yeah, that's a huge tract of land, no doubt. The first thing I'm going to do is definitely look at Google Maps. I'm going to look at the the area and find out which of those areas in that 45,000 acres are really conducive to springtime turkey habitat. Once I find that particular habitat, then I'm going to put the shoe leather express on. I'm going to go in I'm going to check out each one of those areas. Obviously, I'm going to have to cover some ground in between that to do it. One of those little pockets is going to have turkeys in it. You're going to find them. Right now, you're in early season. One thing you have to remember when you're scouting right now, whether you're scouting Alabama or Missouri or anywhere else in the country, we're early season, and the number one thing is these turkeys are wadded up, they're bunched up. You're probably a little further along in your breeding cycle here than we are, say, Missouri, but you still got bunched up turkeys. So oftentimes where you find one, you find 25, 30, 40, or 50. You find all of them, and that's why you're finding real concentrated effort areas of where the the sign is and where the turkeys are. Once that's split up, and breakup starts happening, you're going to find that there's more turkeys inhabiting different parts of that 45,000 acres and it becomes a little easier. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, awesome. So my next question is when I am talking to biologists or people around this area, I get a 50-50 response on how to hunt these public lands that are so massive. Half the people will tell me to drive up on top of a ridge, hoot out, but don't hear anything, drive a quarter of a mile and do it again. The other half say to get as far away from these roads as possible to avoid those people getting out of their truck and Hoot And What do you think is the best method to hunt this public land?
6: There's going to be two ways I'm going to look at it. First thing is I grew up hunting public land, so I've got a pretty good pretty good foothold on it. The one thing you have to remember about public land, early in the season when it doesn't have much pressure, you probably can get by with driving around and, and locating birds. As those birds get pressured, they're obviously going to get pushed further back. And there's also one other thing to key in on that is really the most important. 90% of your hunting pressure comes from Friday through Sunday. Meaning Monday is a lag day. Tuesday they're thinking about doing their thing again. Wednesday and Thursday they're rocking and rolling. If you can take off and you can hunt the middle of the week, you'll find yourself killing a lot more public land turkeys and that is my biggest secret.
1: Okay. Well that might be your answer to this question. The last question I have for you is what is your number one piece of advice for somebody hunting public land, especially a beginner?
6: That would be my number one piece of advice is to, is to hunt when no one else is hunting, when those turkeys have had a few days of rest. Secondly, you're going to have to learn to be patient. Think about the old timers and how they hunted and they sat around in certain areas that had turkeys frequenting them and, and called like the turkeys are calling them. Two things about calling turkeys. If they're vocal, you can get by with calling to them. If they're not vocal, back off your calling, scratching in the leaves, sitting around and being patient, and you'll kill a lot more old longsword of the
1: Woods. Awesome. Thank you
0: so much, Chris. Okay. Did you catch that? Where you find turkeys in late winter, early spring, those turkeys that you find are in larger flocks and they're not busted up yet and they haven't moved into other areas. So if you're checking an area late winter, very early spring, Maybe it's an area that you killed a turkey in last year, and you get there and there is no turkey sign. There is no gobbling. There is no inkling that a turkey has ever been through there. That does not mean that the turkeys are not going to come back into that area. Check it again as season nears. Alright, next up, Tony Reynolds.
1: Hey guys, I'm here with Tony Reynolds with Reynolds Custom Turkey Calls and I noticed him because he's wearing about 10 strands of spurs over here, all of them just massive hooks and he's been calling over here and sounds great and I thought I'd interview him and ask him my three questions about hunting public land. Alright, so my first question is when you start out looking at public land, it it can be 35,000, 45,000 acres. How do you start on that? Are you looking at Google Maps and trying to decide where it looks good to you on there? Or are you going and driving around or walking a ton all over the place, riding a bike? You know, How are you starting out to find somewhere that you think has turkeys?
7: Well, usually a lot of the public land I hunt, I deer hunt. So I kind of got a, a, a general area that they roost in that they spread out in the spring. So a lot of times what I'll do is I'll ride the roads, look at strut marks in the roads, or look at Google Maps also to find where the water sources is where the thickets are because they they don't like to go in the real thick pines where I probably supposed to do real thick pines and then in the, in the, bottoms, the bottom bottoms like the creek beds and all they're hardwoods little ridges in there so I walk the creeks also and uh, turkeys gonna go drink water but they got to step right on the water to do it so they live tracks on the sandbars on the creeks and that's where you know where you start out in the mornings and all I usually start out but I go two weeks before season I listen I go listen uh, I don't I call. I do not call to the birds if I'm not hunting. So I'm not calling. I just go listen. If you don't listen a while, you can blow a crow call and locate them. And I usually locate 15, 10, 15 birds. They may be over a five mile area, but those are, I'll concentrate. I'll, I'll go one bird, the next bird. You know, I'll have backup plans. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, awesome. Well, thank you. And my, my second question is there's a lot of people have told me their way that they hunt public land. It's been about half and half of two different methods. And so Half the people I talked to say that they drive around on this public land because it's so large. Get up on a ridge, hoot owl. If he gobbles, they go to him. If he doesn't, they go a quarter mile to the next ridge and do it again. And the other half say they get as far away from the roads as possible to avoid being around the people that are driving around hoot out. And what do you think works best for turkey hunting on public land?
7: Well, one thing on public land is gravel roads. When that gravel starts popping, they start hopping. They leave. They know when you're in there. They can hear that gravel for five miles. It seems like in there. So what you do, what I like to do is I like to get, if I know, if I locate them and I know they're off in a certain area, I get as close to that area as I can the next morning, because public land birds on the Southern National Forest in South Carolina where I'm from, they have a tendency to travel a long way. So, plus, on the private land around it, usually some kind of food source that you don't have on public land. And they'll roost on the public land because that's where they were raised. And they'll travel toward the private land, rivers or whatever kind of draws or ridgeways. So I get between them and the rivers usually. Or right up on the ridges. And so that I would suggest where the birds are is where you need Okay. but you need to do your homework in there and find out where he's working.
1: Okay. okay, awesome. And my last question for you is, what is your number one piece of advice that you would give somebody who's just starting out hunting public land?
7: Well, public land of the number one tool. Call, calling is only 10% of turkey hunting in general, period. Know the land. Know the land that you're going to be hunting. Know where to, if you can find out their travel patterns, that's always great, too. But when you get in there, be patient. Patience is number one thing uh, because these birds have been called to by people riding on the gravel roads just calling out. They're, they're Most of them are educated. So what you do is once you get in there be patient. Set up. If you can get on a bird he's gobbling in the morning let the bird tell you how to call. If he's hammering everything you do you can play with him a little bit. But if he gobbles one time you call to him and he hits ground you hear him the next time he don't gobble much you know then the calling's not real. So you got to get in there and find out where he's going and clucking and purr and scratching and the leaves. So 10 o'clock 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, he'll come back and find out where he was at. And that's the number one way I kill him. I'll travel, move, and I go right back where I started out that morning, clucking and purring, scratching the leaves, and I'll set camp on him for about three hours in the middle of the day. And most of the time I kill my birds in. Biggest birds, too. They will not, 90% of the time, they won't even gobble. you hear them spitting and drumming coming in.
1: Wow. Thank you so much, Tony. I really appreciate it.
0: All right, I think you probably got more than you bargained for with that little interview. So when he mentioned the fact there about the gravel popping in the roads and the turkeys being able to hear that from five miles away, I was hunting public land one day and had a bird gobbling his brains out on the side of a road and I hear a vehicle coming. As soon as I can hear the vehicle coming, the turkey stops gobbling. The vehicle's getting closer and closer and it stops on the side of the road. I can hear the doors open on the vehicle and then slam. I hear two people talking to each other. And then I hear a box call. (laughs) Then there's about 30 seconds of silence. I hear them talking again. I hear the doors to the vehicle open. The vehicle starts. They back up. And they drive down the road past me and the turkey. Five minutes later, that turkey is gobbling his brains out again. As soon as that turkey heard that vehicle coming, he stopped gobbling. As soon as that turkey knew that that vehicle was gone, he started gobbling again and went back about his normal routine. So pay attention to that. Do some walking. If you can park at the bottom of a hill and walk up to the top of the hill and call, Try that. Okay, I hope you guys picked something up from the interviews with the pros. My takeaways were to start scouting early and to call sparingly. But I really think that there were just so many great little tidbits in those interviews that I think, really, if you picked up just one of them and you used it in the turkey woods, I think just one of those, any one of those little nuggets can help you to kill a bird this season. Cameron, great job with your questions. Great job with the interviews. And I'll have to turn the microphone over to you more often. All right. So that's all that I've got for you guys today. But, you know, I can't let you go without asking for your help. The favor that I need from you guys this week is to please like, share, and retweet this episode on Facebook and Twitter if you learned something from the show. There are so many of you guys in the woods right now, near your homes, scouting and getting ready for season, that I feel like you can really help someone by turning them on to this week's episode. So, share and retweet the turkey hunting love, please. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again, hopefully with more turkey hunting stories next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review.